All right, so we are on Collins Conversations. I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what you do, and how you got here. My name is Jay Work, Cleveland, Ohio. Artist making music out here, trying to influence one ear at a time, you feel me? Game, 42-way, we OH, we out here. You've got a hat on. I've seen you wear that hat and that logo a lot. What can you tell us about uh, what those numbers mean? Uh, 4264 represents uh, good friends of mine, man, the gang, uh, led by my boy Young Cap, Trey Smith, the whole, man, there's so many people, man, involved. And I love all of them, man. They're great people from producers to artists to camera guys to everybody. The list goes so long. We got Moe, we got Ribby, we got Clock, we got Fitz, we got Trey, we got Cap, we got Magic, Vince. Like, there's so many people, man. Like, great squad of boys, man. I'm just glad to call them boys my friends, man. They dope, man. Well, it sounds pretty much like that's just like a full-on like media collective that you guys got going, huh? Yeah, it's just like, it's like, like I was joking with one of my, uh, one of my roommates. I called them like the super friends of music, man. Like, like the Avengers, like they got everything that you need, bro. Everybody's got a job that it just, they all come in together and it just when everybody's working in full capacity and when I, for just watching from afar, man, like it was just so inspirational to watch and then just being like slowly integrated in as just like a just a friend, man. Like I just I wear this out of love like so much, man. Like I wear this out of love just because like they great group of guys for real. And you, you wear another one a lot. It's uh, what is it? W.E.O.H. Yeah, W.E.O.H. Just my little acronym that I came up with just stands for we out here. Um, when you look at it saying WEOH, I mean, it's obviously WE Ohio, but like I wanted to make the OH acronym for WE OUT HERE because like it's just what we do, man. Like we trying to get out here in life and we trying to get out here and see the world and do things and like it's just a cool thing. Like I've done performances in other areas and like being out of state and doing a OH chant and hearing people in the crowd actually go IO. It's a cool way to find out like if there's any Ohio people in the room or people that are fans of Ohio, you know what I mean? And, and it was just kind of funny and ironic. Like when I went to one of Cap and Trey shows and I saw Trey actually did the same thing a couple times. Like and it was just like, yo, like and I didn't even know that they did that. Like that's just real shit. Like it's just something that OH, IO, we out here. <laughs> like flat out. I know you through the Set It Off song that you do with Mike Miles, so that'll take us into a segment that I call Name Dropping. Okay. I want to say a name, kind of just tell me who they are, how you know them, and if there's any stories that we should know about them or anything people you think people should know about them, let it know. First one is Mike Miles. Mike Miles, man, I go back with Mike Miles to like high school type stuff at Willoughby South, man, and I just remember him from being in King Set and everything, and he always was making dope music, and I had respect for him because he was an incredible lyricist, but like, I mean, he finally, me and him, we finally linked up through social media, and I'm like, yo, bro, like, we need to make some music together, like, <laughs> for real, and like, he was like, yeah, yeah, definitely, like, it was real short conversations that led to just making a bunch of dope shit, and then we would like get linked together and like we also were really cool with uh one of our producers johnny Cerruti, goes by jbc um he's incredible man when it comes to the, just like that having that bop and that bounce when it comes to certain songs and production like he's fucking amazing like johnny would just start sending us a bunch of beats and like believe it or not like me and mike we got a project on the way um i know about that I, I, like, I asked everybody online you know i was like hey if anybody knows jay work anybody likes jay work you know, submit, submit the questions. Mike Miles was one of the people that responded and wanted everybody to know that he wants you to put that project out. Says everybody needs to know about it. Yeah, like. Is it coming soon? I honestly want to re, like, really do it right. And, but what that means is like, I want to get a little bit more production because we had some songs like, but I like honestly personally feel like with how talented we are, what you need to come correct. Like, and like, like I feel like me and him could be on like a bad meets evil type level, like what Eminem and Royce would do. Like, and we just make crazy ass shit. And like, so I want to go back and I want to redo the entire project that we have at Bulkley House. That's where I've been recently recording a lot of my music at. Shout out to Sincere, Benny, Kalam, like everybody up there, man. Like, they've shown me nothing but love. Like, it's been a crazy ride, but like, I'm definitely gonna be dropping some shit with Mike Miles there and a lot of other people too. <laughs> And you said kind of like the bad meets evil. Which one are you, Eminem? Um, I'm gonna leave that up to Mike. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that up to Mike. I'm not gonna say like I'm cool with being Royce, but like we both like have such a mutual respect for each other. Where I feel like it wouldn't matter who was who. Like, right. 
we're both great artists in each other's own aspect, man. And like, I got nothing but respect for Mike Miles, man. He's a great dude. And uh, number two on the name check is who is JVC? You've got about at least like 10 or 12 tracks with them. <laughs> One of my day ones, man. I reached out to him, like, and it was funny. Like, you ever had like a pen pal? Mm -hmm. He was like a pen pal, like at first, but we lived in the same area. Like then I moved and stuff like that. So I wasn't around, but like, when I really started going on my music career, like, and started getting good at it, like, I reached out to him and was just like, yo, bro, I don't know if you remember me. He was like, yeah, bro, I remember you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was real cool with his brother Trevor, her cousin Trevor. Trevor was like, yeah, y'all two should definitely link. And then the first song was dope. Second song, dope. And the next thing you know, like, every other week or two weeks, he's just sending me shit. And like, we just had so much songs. I have so many songs with JVC, man. And I got some more coming on the next project as well. Like. He's just a great dude, man. And then we finally met up. <laughs> when we finally met up, he was like, I told you I'm not a ghost. <laughs> and like, it's just nothing but love for JBC, man. He's a great dude, great dude. Yeah, I have so much love and appreciation for JBC that like when I did see him, I was like, yo, like I just wanted a hug. Like my nigga, <laughs> like you don't understand. Like he was there when I couldn't find certain producers or like or when like I was just out the way and like other people were busy, JVC was was the one that always helped me down and I was like yo and like he's one of them people that when I eat like when I'm finally rich and living the way I need to live he's gonna be that way too because he's gonna play a part in what we do I have so many producers I have like a good five in my hand that are not only good friends of mine but also amazing talents that mm -hmm. have nothing but respect for me and I got nothing but respect for them and they're just gonna keep where we got where Grammys is the goal <laughs> we want to the get there like Grammys is the goal like for real I like it and uh, the last one on name dropping is who is Trey Smith Trey Smith one of my brother's best friends somebody that I've been in this with since day one like I've been friends with Trey since before I even made music like me and Trey both had some tough upbringings man and had to go through a lot and like we were eating syrup sandwiches together when there wasn't no food in the fridge like playing guitar hero and stuff as kids and then I seen him start making beats and he was doing his thing and then like I picked up the mic a little bit and I was rapping with one of my bros um Nick Humphrey CYC shout out to him he's not making music no more but like man we had a great start like we would just it was the good start that you needed like making music on a rock band microphone and laptop you know what I'm saying? And then Trey would see what I was doing. He would like give me a little critique here and a little critique there. And then he introduced me to Chris Black. And that's who really like tested me as a lyricist and like really took me to that next. Okay, I'm taking this a little bit more serious now. And then like I linked back up with Trey and it was just like we picked right back up like how it was when we was kids. And then like I live with Trey now. Like that's my roommate. Like that's, that's my awesome. brother, man. Like. That's my bro, man. Like, I got nothing but good things to say. He's always had a hand in damn near every project of mine, whether it was a creative way, a artistic way, um, productive way, making art for it. Like, he's always there to have my back regardless. And, like, man, like, I'm one other person. Like, how I said, JVC, Trey will be right next to me at that big table when we eat. And like, it's my brother, man, for real. Let's take it back to the first thing that you said. You introduced yourself as J-Work. How, how did you get a stage name of J-Work? Um, did you make it yourself? Was it given to you? How did all that come about? I used to be Young Jay. <laughs> I used to be Young Jay. Um, and then it was my brother. Didn't actually give me the name, um, but Pat, he passed away. His name was David Baylog. He went by Butter. Um, he told me, you're not going to be young forever. You right. know what I'm saying? So you might want to get that young out of there and figure out something. And then he ended up passing away at a young age and it really messed the whole family up for real. Like we were really like broke up about it. Um, but I was just riding on the way to his funeral and I heard a ad on the radio for like the watch party or something at like the arena for something. I forget what it was at that time, but I think it was like, it was when the Cavs were facing the Spurs in the finals, I believe is what it was. Um, and I heard the dude on the radio go, if you got that J work, come down to the, come down to the, uh, the gun arena. It was the gun still. If you got that J work, come down to the gun and see what, see what you got and the challenges that these all around the stadium. And when I heard J work, I was just like, wow, 
like on the way to bro's funeral like i heard that and was like yo like i like that and then my best friend malik who also goes by doc munchie he's on a couple of my like um projects he's we got a song with him on the work files that i just dropped um i asked him i'm like yo what do you what do you think of j-word and he was like i like it and then i just wow I was like that's it All right. i went with it nice I saw on the uh, the article you had in, uh, what was that, Pressure Magazine? Yeah, Pressure Life Magazine. Shout out my dude, Stu. He hit me up and he had got put up to a task and he had to make a dope a dope article and he was like, you're dope. I want to make it about you. All right. And um, he's a great dude, man. He looked out and like, it was a, another one of the milestones for you, like seeing yourself in a magazine, like what the... <laughs> wow, I'm in a magazine. I got multiple copies of it at home. Like, I can get you a copy that you have. You have, like, bro, it's amazing, dog. See, I was the exact opposite. The first time I was in a magazine uh, was for my landscaping business. It kind of got a feature, and it was Cleveland Magazine. And I was like, that's cool, but I want front page of, like, a newspaper. Right. You know, kind of like, one of those like yeah it's cool but like i had an article but i want to be on the front i yeah. want to be that dude and then you know 10 years later i'm the guy writing articles now you know it's kind of funny how things, yeah. how things go but uh within that one they also said that uh your rap career started at a family reunion tell me about that family reunion what what got the musical thing started there my stepfather at the time took us on a trip to kentucky to see his family and it was like the introduction type thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. and introducing my family to you i'm extending the branch just so you guys can see my family and i met his brother and when i met his brother down there he had his own studio in his room booth in the bathroom mike set up the whole the whole nine and he was like we're gonna make a song for the family reunion i'm like oh word like we're gonna play it at the cookout i'm like oh cool he was like, write some bars, go in there and spit. I'm like, what? <laughs> write a what? What's a bar? Right. And he was like. And you never rapped at all or never, never dabbled with poetry, none of that? I acted a little bit in like my church programs and stuff, but like I was a big fan of instrumentals. I would listen to a lot of instrumentals, but I never really thought about writing, but I was a big fan of Eminem growing up, Jay-Z, my dad was a big hip hop head. So I was very good, My friend, I would amaze my friends with my ability to remember other people's lyrics like um bro mine eric miller and my cousin anthony um <laughs> we would be like at the house like them nights when you just play the game all night like eric would just be amazed at how i would remember all of eminem's lyrics like the ones where he'd even rap it fast and stuff and he would just ask me to rap it sometimes and like i would rap it but then like yeah <laughs> i really didn't start doing a lot of writing until that family reunion like after that that was really what Yo, I like this. Like when I first heard myself, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I it's, it's like, interesting hearing yourself, isn't it? Like the right. way that you, like you and I talking right now, what I hear me sounding like, and what that picks up, or any mic, right. like that's me. But right. after a while, you're like, yeah, yeah okay. that's me. Like you kind of learn how to control like, it. It was like because like I came up with some crazy thing, like the family's here, we having a good time. I'm like, what? I when I first heard, I'm like, yo, like. Hmm. But I was like, when I first heard myself rhyme and like it actually hit on beat and I was like, yo, that's kind of cool. And then I would just start the instrumentals that I was always listening to. I would start writing to them. I just had a couple days of like, man, like I need to do this. Like I need to write some stuff and I started writing some stuff and I kept it to myself at first. But then like I showed my mom and she was like, son, I like that. Show your father. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I showed my dad and he was like, wow. You surprised me a little bit, but then he told me, if this is something that you're going to do, do it right. Learn everything about it. Go back. Learn about the, the beginnings. Like, learn about, learn from Biggie, learn from Pac, learn from their mistakes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't get shot. Don't get shot. You know <laughs> what I mean? Do it right. Like, make good music for people and like, that'll inspire people instead of make people want to poison their minds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, not perfect. I'm going to have my songs where I rap about smoking or drinking and having fun, enjoying myself or intimacy with a woman like it's gonna happen but like i'm still my main goals are to like heal inspire and 
you know what I'm saying, the whole nine. <laughs> yeah, like, you add a new level of the money, cars, hoes type of rap lines. Like, there's a lot of, you know, smoking, drinking, partying type lines. There's a lot of, you know, hilarious fucking misogynistic things. But, like, instead of just being, like, money, cars, hoes, you find a, a way to really, you know, paint the picture with it. Really, right. like, yeah, this is going to be a movie for you, kind of. Like, try to make the lyrics. And that's what I loved about when I did the... I, I did so much extra content for that Mike Miles thing because every bar of his is such a visual picture that he puts out. Right. You know, kind of... That's the beauty of it, man. Like, when you... When you can visually, like I used to get, my dad used to give me challenges, like my uncles as well. Like my uncle Rick Sickman, who is another big influencer, because he was the person that told me I was ready. He wouldn't let me go to the studio, and he was a rapper. Like he still is a rap rapper, um, Rick Sickman. He's a very heavy influence on me. Um, he would listen to me and listen to me like, okay, that's cool, but you ain't ready yet. But then like I wrote something and I'm like, uh, I think this is just fire. Can I spit this for you real quick? And it just so happened he was going to that studio that night, but he didn't tell me. And he was like, go ahead, spit it, Neff. And I spit it for him and he was like, now nah, you ready, let's go. I'm like, what? Let's he go? was like, let's go. And we literally got straight into the car and went straight to the studio and dropped what I just wrote. Like, and then he wrote something real quick and he was very, very, very quick. My uncle has got 10 times more songs than I do. Like, and I've never seen a grind compared to my uncle's grind ever in my life. And like, and he, the way he makes songs, like how fast he, like he has, I wouldn't doubt he has north of 100,000 songs, like in his computer. Just That's crazy. Just like, it's insane. Like, it's absolutely insane. Like, I could crack out maybe a thousand or two in a bit, but like, he can really pump them out. Like, he could, if you give him time to be in the studio all day, like, he was like a Tupac that I met knew in person mm -hmm. the way he was. Mad crazy. <laughs> we kind of talked about that off camera, too. Kind of the ability of a musician to kind of just have that vault. Um, how, as a musician, do you say that a song is done, that a song is ready? My uncle, my uncle Neil always taught me like to make projects. Like when you make a song, like don't go for the one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. Make stuff that'll be, have longevity and stuff that'll last. You know what I'm saying? That you can play it six years down the line and be like, yo, this is still that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, I was just like, always had the mindset of making a project. But sometimes when you would make that banger, you'd be like, okay, like, if I don't release this soon, this is the first single off the project type mm -hmm. deal. And like, I always think about projects in the first, second, third, and qu fourth quarter of the whole year and when you're dropping things and how strategically how to drop things because like, I, my music is very precious to me. And just like how that one Erica Badu song was, and she was like, some of my artists, and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> like, that's real life. Like, I'm very sensitive about my music and what I put out and like, I'm very like, I look at opinions, I look at what people say, positive and negative. Like I have a dude that's on my YouTube that just is a hater. I don't know who he is, <laughs> where he's from. I clicked on his profile, it's not no picture, it's just a thumbs up and he just comments on all of my pictures, on all my videos, just this is trash, you're garbage. But I love that, it's motivation. Like right. I love when I have people, cause I'm gonna prove them wrong one day, that thumbs down is gonna turn to a thumbs up one day, that's my motivation and drive. I also find it funny how some people stay completely away from comments and some people are like no i want to I see what everybody's saying see, dog like yo you said he said i look like what oh man like that's funny like <laughs> i i'll if people crack jokes like i love he i can throw jokes right back at you like right i'm i'm not one of those people like if you come up with something clever i'm, I'm gonna listen to it and i'm probably laugh if it's funny enough like you know what i mean like Trust me, my, my friends have taught me to have thick skin because we could throw the jokes around quite often and sometimes it got a little hoo-hoo. <laughs> like, but like, they're my brothers, man. Like, that's how we, we were raised. Absolutely. And you said, talked about your pictures and videos. You're never photographed. You're currently not photographed without wearing something of either Cleveland or Ohio, Ohio State. Um, when did the love of Cleveland sports start for you? Um, with LeBron. Like, honestly, like before LeBron, it was the Browns. I know we sucked and we had Kelly Holcomb and we Dennis Northcutt and Kellen Winslow. Like we, and our wins were low. <laughs> um, but like, I still like my, my family had this deep passion for the Browns. And then my dad's side of the family were Steelers fans. So it's like, they were trying to pull me right. on, you know what I'm saying? And 
what did did it for me was one of my good friends Nick Stanton. He looked at me and was like, "Yo, you can't be a dope ass rapper from Cleveland and be a Steelers fan." <laughs> And I was like, you know what? You're right. And right then and there, I took my Ben Roethlisberger jersey right in front of him. It just burned it. it was like, <laughs> We're done. I'm done with this. Like, Which is a total Cleveland like, thing to just set the jersey yeah, on fire. You're like, I'm, I've had enough. I'm Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if I pull my sleeve up, I got all the sports on my arms. I got the Indians. I got the Cavs. I got the Browns on my arm. I still got to get my O State tattoo. But like, I've just, and then like, I was a big Browns head. And then Braun came. And then I just fell in love with the Cavs. And then, you know what I'm saying? Cuddy. Seeing him rock the Wahoo, like making the Wahoo cool. Like, I know some people still have their things to say about the Wahoo, and like, I understand that, but just like, I don't wear it out of offense. I wear it just because, you know what I'm saying? I, I more so wear, try to wear the C. <laughs> I try to wear the C more than the Wahoo, but if I do have some Wahoo, I'm still gonna wear it because, like, it was just a symbol of Cleveland to me. Like, and like the Jim Tomies and the Omar Viscales, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that'll never die for me because those are some moments that I'll never forget. Like, especially with Kenny, Kenny Lofton and all the major league. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, the yeah. Wahoo will never die. That's why I have it tatted on my arm. Yeah, the uh, the Yahoo logo thing. I've never quite understood it. Or like, I I understand it, but like, if you really didn't like them, you wouldn't make a multi-billion-dollar franchise and put that as the head of it. Like, it's 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 a character caricature. It's not supposed to be like real. It. It's just a sign of respect that we named our team after you. It's right. It's Cleveland in Cuyahoga County. Like, yeah, we killed like, a lot of Indians. Like they were here. Like it's shitty that we did, but like at least we're. It's not the Redskins. Like, on the other hand, that's I can see the the tone there. But like the Indians, that's just. I just feel like it's all in the same. Like I feel like what was done to the Indians was wrong. Period. Point blank. End of story. And like I feel like using them as mascots. I feel how they're offended and how that can be portrayed and seen, but. I mean, it was just something that I knew at a young age and at that age and point in time of my life, I wasn't thinking about the Indians getting killed and stuff right. like that. All I knew was I was a little kid that liked baseball and that's my favorite player wearing an Indian on his shirt. Oh, yeah. That's why I have the Indian on. And it's nothing out of offense to anybody because I got great friends who are Indians. Like my homegirl, Sequoia, she's about to have a, a baby girl and shout out to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got nothing but love for the Indians, bro. Like, Shoot, I might have some Indians in my bloodline somewhere. I'm mixed right. with damn near everything. So like, <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's all love. Absolutely. And uh, if you had to pick one Cleveland sports team, who are you rocking with? Like, of all time? Like, you could only, throughout the whole year, you could only watch one sport. Which which Cleveland team are you staying like with? Right now, this point in time like, in life. Like, or, th this time in life, yeah. This time in life, I'm probably going with the Browns because the Cavs suck. And, like, the Indians just traded Corey Kluber, and that made me sad. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, I'm definitely going with the Browns because I know like if we lose, like we've been losing, but like Accurate. we always go out in style, like whether it's a crazy Baker flip that goes another way, like you know what I'm saying or whatever. Like I don't know, but <laughs> like I'm rocking with the Browns. Baker's still my quarterback, ride or die till the end until they let him go and. I'm rocking with my bro Kareem Hunt, man. Like that's my bro. Like and love him to death. And he, I've done, seen some things in life and been through things that I would never think I would see or go to because of him. And I got oh that man nothing but like everything for real. It's my fucking dude, man. He motivated me to really get to it. That's awesome. Um, so let's kind of go back towards your music. Um, you've been starting when you were 13. Uh, you, you talked about it, but how old were you when you first started recording? Um, I first started recording myself around 16 with a uh, rock band microphone with my friend Humphrey. Um, my bro John Cattell, I'm going to give him his shout because he will choke me if I don't say this because he was the one who recorded my very first song in my bro Andy's basement, rest in peace. Um, we like hung a microphone from like over a lamp like this and just had it dangling to where it was like in right. the room. And then we hooked it up to the computer and we made this like the song, the quality of it was just blah. But it was still raw passion and you can hear it. And then I got that rock band microphone and I went crazy. Like <laughs> my, my my brother Pookie, like he, he was like, yo, like 
I got this program, you got a laptop, let's see if it works. <laughs> we plugged it up and it worked and we literally stayed up the whole night just making music and just screaming into a microphone while the beat was going. And the only thing was we couldn't figure out how to like bounce it out and make it a song. Like it just was a song in the program and we could hit space to play it, but we didn't know how to get it out, save it and put it on our phone so we could listen to it or nothing like that. And then one day we were just sitting there just going through everything and we were trying like bounce. What does that mean? Boop. There it is. We found it and we started making <laughs> mixtape after mixtape. It was just the best shit ever. And uh, what makes for a good mix? What makes for a good sounding recording? You said that, that kind of one sounded shit. What makes... Because to, to me, a lot of people have no idea what a good mix sounds like. And I where, didn't for a very long time. Where after you've been doing it for so long, both on... Because you also do some of your own production too, a little bit, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I, uh, I got my own studio set up in my room. Um, and I went to try to see metro campus for a little bit but then like after the death of my couple of family members like it was just too rough at the time and i had to stop going to school um but i still learned a lot while i was in school on how to like operate pro tools and go through the whole thing and um but then once i dropped out of school i was bouncing around from studios to studios just learning from like my uncle's friends like my my i would call him a mentor of mine jermaine carter like he's another producer that really looks out for me on the production side like when i need a good solid beat like and he's got some time like he's really doing things right now like i just see him on his gram all the time and he's just I'm proud of bro and he's really <laughs> doing his fucking thing and um it was just great man like i'm just i can't even explain well you don't have to explain let's see how well you do on a test that you technically wrote yourself Okay. This is the segment that I was telling you about called Lyric Test. We've got three songs, and we're going to go through them, and I'm going to stop them at a certain point, and you're going to tell us what the next line is, and if you're right, congratulations. If you're wrong, we get to make fun of you for not knowing your own lyrics. Heard that. It works. Um, the first one we're do is Set It Off, because that's the first song I ever heard of you. Um, is there any good stories that you have behind Set It Off, kind of anything about how it got made or anything people should know about it? Um, it was really like boom, 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 like the, how it was made. Like I was talking to my bro Trey, and I was really trying to work with my bro MD Trey at the time. And like I, I kept seeing him, him working with my bro Young Cap, and I was like, Yo, I gotta work with MD. Like he's nice. And Trey was like, Well, I just so happened to have a beat that me and MD made together. Check it out. <laughs> he was like, It's all you. So I got it. And I'm like, Yo, this is. This is just real gritty. I like this. And then I wrote a verse to it, and I was about to write a second verse, and I'm like, bro, like, nah, I gotta get somebody else that's really dope on this song. And I hit up Mike, like, yo, I got something. I think you gonna wanna be a part of this. And he was like, word, send it over. Boom. We made set it off, and then the whole idea of the project wanting to happen made up, and just, phew. <laughs> it's just like fate. Like, stuff just happens. Like, right organically and it turns out to be just freaking amazing all right so let's see how well you know it we'll sit play funny the motors is all the same only be worried about money bags niggas not thinking about how i came boy hustle i hustle always be bringing that thunder like russell niggas be thinking they up on my level i'm wagging my finger like mr matumbo no need to rebuttal i'm up in my devil i hustle my struggle i juggle i juggle i'm living in circle breath for the business i've never been nervous and people gonna know when the greatest emerges swagging my style and rocking the towel and people be thinking that i'm mr perfect traveling miles with money and piles i hustle i get it because i deserve it love when the haters be up on my dick every time that i flex it make them sick people take pictures with seeing my shit then when they listen they notice it hey so everybody just know he only had to do one line and he just did the rest of the verse is it easy for you to go fast kind of like it took me a minute to um, but like I have like a certain speed that I can get to that's effortless but then when it gets to that that stuff gets now can you do that same verse if I told you to do it at like half speed or is it only memorized like at that tone um that tone really helps 
Um, this is the way that like, you, you, you do you memorize it as the wave that it is, or is it? It's the of... tempo and the energy for sure. Yeah, like it's definitely the one of the best ways to remember it. But like when I write, like I don't sit there like I do have the beat playing all the time. But like there's moments where like I stop and I just like redo everything. Like and then every time I play the beat through again, I'm always reciting it from the very beginning, whether if it's the first or second mm -hmm. verse. Just so when I'm going through it, I have it like pretty much memorized as I'm writing it. And then when it gets to the point by the time the song's done, um I can pretty much go in the booth and almost not even use my phone and have it in my head already. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's a really easy way about going about like writing and then performing because you already know it. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It took me a long time to get to that, but it's definitely how I am now. Are you always writing on your phone or do you ever go? Always. Like, I used to go through a phase where I was writing on, like, paper, paper and stuff. But, like, it got to a point where, like, I wanted to go back and find my lyrics. And, like, sometimes you don't always have that notebook. Or right. sometimes you spill some shit and it ruins a notebook. And you're right. like, oh, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the comfortability of my phone... Like, I'm good. Right. Like, I know it's in the cloud. I saved it. It's cool. Like, I got my whole my whole list. And I can go through it. And I can document back to, like, when I first started using iPhones in this motherfucker. Like, Absolutely. And that way, too, if you wanted to, like, post your lyrics on something. Exactly. It's a lot easier, it's a lot to, lot copy easier and paste to instead of having to transpose it. Absolutely. Hell, yeah. And at first, like, I ain't going to pry. I ain't going to lie. I'm a fat guy. So, like, <laughs> I'm a little out of shape. And it takes a little bit longer for me to breathe. So, like... I'm like, yo, like sometimes this da -da 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 takes my breath out. So I need, to, <laughs> I need to take into mind that I'm going to be performing these songs as well. So, you know what I'm saying? Like strategic. That's awesome. And uh, what about performing? Is it that just is, it seems like everybody that makes music, you, you do it a to kind of release your own innards. But then once you do that, you're like, all right, I want to get on a stage. I want to be out there. I want to just perform. What makes performing such a love for you? All right. I've been on stage since I was a young kid, like before I even started making music. I was on stage like I was in like a bunch of like youth programs to where we had like acting and stuff going on. So like the first time I was actually on stage, it was just acting. And I like it was a complete different transition. Like when I first started making music, because it's all me and like it's a way to try to relate to people. Like in like the first time that you actually can get on stage as a musician and lock in with a crowd and have them really like vibe into your shit. That's just life changing, bro. Like that adrenaline is no it's a high that is uncomparable to anything, in my opinion. It's the, one of the greatest feelings that I can ever ask for. Like when I have a room full of people vibing to my music and then you look around and see people saying your words and. Like people coming up to you, like one of my favorite parts about performing is after performing, mm -hmm. is all the love, like right. getting off stage and just walking through the crowd and people going like, yo, or like you, you that dude, bro, like stuff like that. Like, I mean, I'm not a conceited person, but that stuff, like it just like, it does something to my soul that people are locking in like that and really paying attention to For sure. something that I'm doing and what I'm doing is changing some, some things going on, like. When people hit me up like yo bro that one song that you performed i went and found it and like bro i listen to it every day now like that's the stuff that i like you know Absolutely. what i mean like people telling me that my song like gets like a dude hit me up on twitter and was like yo bro like i'm going through finals week right now and this make my wave song is really getting me through it man like that just put a smile on my face like that's really cool to me like it's what i do this for Absolutely. That's how, uh, I forget what episode, one of the earlier ones, Ken Archie, is how I ended up finding him, was my wife and I went to go see Token at the Grog Shop. Oh, Token's my dude. Token is amazing. One of the, one of, why he's not more popular is astonishing. But yeah, the same too. Uh, Ken Archie was one of the opening guys, and we never heard of him before. And he put on such a good show and just won the crowd over so quickly. You're, like you said, as soon as you leave, he's walking through the stage like, hey, make the introduction. You go home, you're pulling up the discography, and it's no better calling card for an artist than to be able to say, hey, I could come out, I could rock any like, crowd. One of my favorite shows of all time was when I, it was like one of the last shows at the Rock Bar, like before, like it really like stopped losing its mojo. It was a Caskey show. I opened up for Caskey when he was um, the Young Money artist. Um, and I had my boy D. Woods up on stage with me and we 
murdered it like when i tell you i had like the entire staff pretty much from shooters from across the river come by like because like i was working there at the time um and the entire staff from there all my friends my dad his friends my mom my sister was there my uncle like everybody was there like that was one show that i will always remember everybody being there we got up on stage and it was just every song you just see it was like a mosh pit like he's right in front of us and we're just looking like looking back at each other like bro we're doing this right now like and we after we got off stage it even escalated to a point where um dude i don't know if you're hip to a song of mine trays and chris black's called city lights um he chris black put a video out to that and the people who shot that video brought their own camera equipment had it set up in the back to interview me after i was done performing so it made me look like even more of a super like the perception of people who didn't know me right it was like yo who the fuck is that like i mean it was like a cool little trick but like i didn't even know that shit was happening like right. so we go out there and i'm out there getting interviewed after my performance and then me and my boys go out back and we're you know lighting up we're freestyling and i felt bad for the people that went after me because like there was a couple more acts that went after me before caskey actually went up that like the whole crowd followed us outside like mm -hmm. literally like followed us all outside and we're freestyling in a circle and like it was nuts like we had like a whole nother show after my show outside that's like awesome. it was really cool man like that's the moments in music that you live for and really strive for as an artist to really like make your uh, imprint and i'm trying to get back to that and really lock in man like I had to take some time off for a while just to really like get myself together because like if you not right how you gonna get right you know what i mean right. like so but we back now absolutely and uh you mentioned kind of you know winning over the show winning over the crowd you also kind of in your videos you really put on you know you bring the energy in the videos how do you translate that raw energy of a performance into a music video um Honestly, I have to owe it to wrestling, WWE. Um, my my camera presence, I learned from The Rock. Like, I remember, like, I used to watch, like, all type of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about, or, like, documentaries on the actual wrestler themselves. And mm -hmm. I remember The Rock had one, and he would actually explain how, like, when he would talk to a camera, he would bore a hole in the camera. Like, he was, like, looking dead into a person's eyes. And, like, right. that like that type stuff, like, sat and resonated with me for, like, when I was doing my own stuff. Like, yeah, I can look dead at you. Like, I'm looking at you, motherfucker. You you on Instagram Live, I'm looking right at you. Like, <laughs> you, you give them that energy like they're right in front of you. Right. and like it always translated and then just like being myself is easy because it's being myself so absolutely it's always easier to play play your own self exactly of like you, no same setup no let up no fake no cap <laughs> absolutely and uh you speaking of videos you also filmed a video really fucking close to here about uh, what 100 yards that way yep. back when you were working at texas roadhouse yep <laughs> um is there do you know the secret to the biscuits at texas roadhouse before we get into anything pertinent about music um from what I was told, it was the butter. <laughs> um, it's just regular cinnamon powder in the butter? C yeah, cinnamon the butter, and sugar like, in the butter? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're good biscuits, I'll tell you that. They're much. delicious. I ended up actually breaking my tooth. I'm missing a tooth back here. What? And, I, and I broke it. It ended up completely cracking off in a fucking Texas Roadhouse biscuit. Hell no. I would have never ate Texas Roadhouse again after that shit. No, I, I was so mad that it happened at home. My wife and uh, her daughter brought it back, and I ate it. You know, I'm eating cold rolls, and I mean, clearly the tooth was screwed up before, and a roll is not, you know, completely right. killing it. But yeah, I bit into a roll and it came out. I was like, if only this would have happened at the the roadhouse. I could like, what did you do to this biscuit? I could have been eating steak for life. Man. But it happened at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what what's the name of that video? At the, it won't be long, I believe. And yes. uh, that that looks. Uh, you had some other shots in that from uh, Willoughby South and kind of just you guys. How long did the video like that take you? Because the reason I want to ask honestly, is the funny fu there is a funny story about that video. It was filmed. It was filmed by my boy Mike Beninsky, my boy Nick Stanton. Um, when a friend of mine, Andy, passed away, rest in peace to his soul. Um, when he passed away, Stax was like, "Yo, man, I don't really have that many pictures with Andy, and that bothered me." So he bought this camera, and he was like. I bought this camera not only to have pictures with my friends for the rest of my life, but I want to help you like make your videos and stuff. Now, we are, this is all raw, barely knowing what we're doing. Right. Stax finally gives me and my boy Mike the camera. And 
we were like, all right, let's make a video. I'm like, okay, what are we gonna make a video about? We don't really have much money. We don't really have much of this or much of anything to do. And it was just like, we gotta figure something out. So we come up with this premise of waking up late for work, going to work, getting fired. And then whatever happens throughout the day and we see anything cool to film in front of, we'll try to film some B-roll in front of. So my boy, he was uh, doing some some things which caused him to have some guala on him. Not Mike, just somebody else that's just unnamed just so I don't, you know what I'm saying, put the little, you know what I'm saying, the little special effect on it, you know what I'm saying, just so keep his identity secret. But um, he had a bunch of trap money. So I was like, yo, let me use that for the video. He was like, all right, bet here. So like when the video opens up and I'm like, one of these days I'm going to be paid. I just had fucking hella money in my hand. Like that's where it came from. Right. Um, but then like the funniest scene to me, honestly, was the Bentley scene. Because like after, like I had this beat up ass Jeep, like where right. somebody just broke into. I think in the video you can actually see the hole with cardboard behind it where somebody punched out my window and tried to rob me and steal my car. That's a whole nother story on the side. But um, like after we filmed the whole like me getting fired scene, walking out of there, because I actually used to actually work there too. Right. So like... Um, after we finished that whole scene up, like I, we're pulling out and like I stop and I slam on the brakes and Mike's like, what you do that for? I just lean forward like this and I'm like that. There was literally a Bentley sitting there in the parking lot <laughs> away from all the cars to where it was just sitting by itself. I'm right. like, guerrilla warfare? And he was like, pulls the camera out, let's fucking go. Like, and we filmed the Bentley scene real quick, and that just was so timeless. Like, we had to put it in black and white and everything just so people knew, like, it wasn't no, like, the real deal. But, man, that was just some funny shit about that video. That yeah, when I, I saw the Bentley, it was, I, I, if you say Bentley and it makes sense, I thought Mercedes when I first saw it. But either way, you're like, he just went from a Jeep to a really nice car all of a sudden. But you could tell by the way that you're standing that, like, you're kind of, like, looking around almost. You're like, I hope nobody sees that we're using this. As, in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we were just like, fuck it. Like, just fuck it. Like, we'll just do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I had a, a, almost all your videos. I ran through them, and all of them, you know, it seems like you get a look. Not only do you keep the music, but you also run a kind of a side story in all of them. I, I like how that... It makes it trying to man like i feel like that's what's missing like one of my favorite parts of the music era was like when people were making like their shit like movies like mm -hmm. man like it's just it's just something about like playing a role like people can do more than just make music man like this is how people show an outlet to like yo like these big music like not music but film companies like yo i'm gonna make a movie put my music behind it and show you what it looked like. And then some people are like, yo, he could act too. Like, yo, the next thing you know, that's how T.I. is in like right. Ant-Man. Like when yeah. I turned on Ant-Man and saw T.I., I was like, that's a fucking win for the culture. Like, yes. Like, that's yeah, what we I need. Like, when I saw that movie. Like, like, is that T.I.? Yes. Sure like, that, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, and I, you owe to people like T.I., like T.I., man, and Eminem, like, they did their thing. Like, Eminem with 8 Mile, like, that's all raw organicness from the soul. Like, and you can tell that. Like, right. it's, it's special. And that's what I'm trying to get to, man. Like, when I do that shit, like, I hopefully get Grammys and motherfucking <laughs> Golden Globes. I want all that shit. Give it all to me, bro. I want to get all. there, bro. And uh, since you're talking about big, big lights, big stages, who are three people that you want to work with that are big on a national level? They got to be alive. They don't have to be active, but they still have to be alive. Of course, J. Cole. I have to work with J. Cole. I, I don't give a fuck how I get there. I have to. Like, it sounds cliche, but like the people I'm going to name, but like there's maybe a, horse, or a dark horse that people will see. But I'm going to say J. Cole, Drake. I got to work with Drake, man. Champagne Poppy, you feel me? Like... That's the man. Like he, he's the the artist of the not just this this like just the whole decade damn near. Like he's that guy. Like he's been the Wayne of the new generation or the hove of the new generation. If, like I don't know, but like yeah, definitely say J Cole, Drake, and then my just one of my personal favorite artists of all time, Kid Cudi. Um, just because he's a Cleveland guy, um, I love just everything that he's about. Like and how he translate his soul and his darkness and his happiness and everything into his music like he literally gives his entire self to his music and you can tell like that as an artist and like if a little a dark horse in the back i know you said three but i want to work with andre 3000 too like that's 
It's going to be a hard one. I just saw an article the other day that says he doesn't have the creative uh, creative juices flowing anymore. Oh, I know. I read that article, too, and it made me sad. But I think that's one of those, though, where, like, anybody gets the creative juices kind of not flowing at one time. But I think even his shittiest thing that he's throwing out is still better than 80% mm. of what, you know, he's just trying to figure out how to top the flamboyancy of what he's already put out, I think. Right. Um, and that was national. What about three local or unknown people that you want to work with or have worked with and looking forward to releasing? Um, well, of course, I'm looking forward to releasing me and Mike Miles' project. Um, but I'm really looking forward to soon. It's going to happen very soon. Um, working forward to working with uh, Young Cap. I, it's just been a long time coming. And I'm really looking forward to the music that me and him create. Um, he's out of Columbus, right? No, young cap. He over here uh, in Euclid, here? He, he was on March and now he's on, uh, what was it? Uh, Marcella. <laughs> he, he over there, the Marcella way. That's, that's how they, that's what they be saying and shit. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely young cap and all the 42 for real. Like that I'm going to have music with all of them. That's going to be coming soon. Or just was DMing my boy magic earlier about a track. I just found a beat for me and him. Um, who else? I want to work with Freshy. I love his energy. Freshy is just like, like he makes that music that motherfuckers will go nuts with. And like, I know like he's starting, he has broke that barrier, but like I still see him as a Cleveland artist. I want to work with Esri too. Esri's fucking amazing. Um, I, I, I've known Esri since he was doing Ben Styling, like when he was under Ray Jr. And now he's out here under Nas and just really doing his damn thing. Like, but I mean, uh, I bumped into Chip the Ripper at the studio, and that was really cool. Um, had some dope conversations with him, and hopefully got some stuff in the works with him as well. Um, and that was like another moment. I was shaking hand, hands with one of my idols. Like this man makes music with one of those three artists that I said. Right. <laughs> like, I'm that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Like, and I, I grew up listening to Chip with my boy Humphrey. Like, baby, I'm the Ripper. Baby, I'm the winner. <laughs> Thick girls freaks, but she say she's a beginner. Like, timeless lyrics. Right. But you want to diet if you try to get thinner. Babies for breakfast, babies for dinner. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, that's fucking Chip. Like, and like, I was just like a little kid screaming inside, but I'm just holding it together because I'm like what's up man like right i'm not trying to fan out but like man it was just awesome like i looked at him like yo chip you trying to smoke a blunt with me bro like <laughs> we had to i had to that was something that had to happen right and, and it happened that was really fucking cool like oh bulkley house a lot I, I love that place that's where i make all my music now and just memories on top of memories on top of memories are going to be happening in that studio and I can feel it in my bones. That's awesome. Do you, do you look at somebody like Chip a little bit differently after you've met him or is it still kind of, do you still keep him in that same idolistic light? He's still up there. Like, it was just humbling meeting him. Like, yo, mm -hmm. like, especially when like you go around the room and like his peoples are like looking at like my videos. Like I was playing uh, Game Over by filmed by Moe and Ribby out of 42 and somebody looked at it like in the way it starts like I'm that's reaching the, that, that's the gangster flick with yeah. uh, the super pimp yes right? and shout out to my fucking man super pimp shout out to super pimp man. before you like, get too further and since this was one of the questions is how did that how did that uh, relationship happen how did you guys link up I met super pimp when I first got hired at shooters and I remember he came through and he was hitting his little walk and his little <laughs> his shit like that, his little shoulder flick, and he just had hella girls around him. I'm like, yo, this old man is the shit. Like, who is this? Like, and like, I just rolled up on him one day when I was on the clock. Like, hey man, I don't know you, but I'm J Work, man. Like, what's up, man? I just wanted to tell you, you cool people's like, and I rock with you heavy. And then, just so happened that he was cool with my uncle Rick Sickman, and my uncle Rick was doing a video that never came out which i'm sick about but like they actually made a mike super pimp song and like a whole video where like he was like that like like the pink panther popping it out of nowhere like when crazy shit was happening in the video and do his little thing and shit would be okay like they had a whole shit about super pimp and i'm so sorry i was in the video and everything i'm so sorry it never dropped but um but yeah like so i saw him at the video again and he was like hey I, you're from yeah i am and like right. 
every time I would see him from here on out, like it was just love, always love. We would stop, take a picture, like have a nice little chat for a second. And he's always tuning into my music and like, yo, like he really wants me to break that mold and break that barrier because he knows that I have a story to tell. And from the conversations that we have, he just enjoys the person that I am. And one day, like I had this whole premise for the game over video and I was talking to Moe and Ribby about it. Like, yo, I think I'm gonna get super pimp. They're like, super pimp? No way. You're not going to get fucking super pimp. I was like, watch me. And I called him. Well, I actually hit him up on Facebook, and he gave me his number, and I called him. And he was like, I'll, abs- I'll be honored to play your Don or whatever right. you want me to do. And I called Moe and Ribby back. was like, pimp's a lot. They were like, pimp's a lot? I was like, yeah, pimp's locked in. He was like, oh shit like it just got real to us like right. so like and everything just flew like boom 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 like everything fell into line only thing that fucked up was the fact that we had a bentley on the way that never came that instead of super pimp's car that we ended up ended up having to settle for to do the scene and we would have had like this balling ass bentley with chrome 22s on like that would have just sent it over the top right like, but shit happens for a reason man we didn't need all that pizzazz yet because we're not there yet right. that's how i looked at it like i was like you're right like Sometimes we have our videos, we can have our pizzazz, like in six on them, I had the little beamer, but it is what it is. But like, we get it, we get it, we don't, we don't. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I think how you guys, you know, you landed Super Pimp for that is kind of like how your buddy Mike Miles landed OG Magnum for the, uh, uh, why am I so bad with names today? That song that he did. Uh, they know, We know they yeah, hate. That's yeah. my joint. Yeah, it was one of those same two. I was like, I'm doing the research for the Mike Miles interview, and I was like, how the fuck does he know OG Magnum? Just fucking, did he, was he at the right gas station and just saw the old dude just out there dancing? Or, you know, like, it's amazing how, like you, you said, with King Chip and a couple of other people, where it's, like, amazing that you're in the room with them now, but because Instagram and this computer and everything else, as long as you're sending enough messages, it's amazing how many things land. Mm-hmm. And it was just dope because, like, sitting there with King Chip and his people and one of his boys going, like, yo, you what hip hop is missing. And like, that's one of those moments that like makes your spine cold. Like, ooh, like, like I know people, like my people say that all the time, but like hearing that from motherfuckers who are there, like. We kind of touched on that earlier. You're trying to make more timeless music where you're you're not going after a fad. And I mean, a lot of stuff that I've listened to of yours, um, there's a couple people, I I, I wish I could remember the song, but you got one dude that sounds just like LL Cool J. Um, who am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I wish you could give me a hint on the song. Um, I, I could find it later. But there's a lot of different, either it's just the, the, the vocals, tones, or the cadence of different people, or the way that the beats are put together. I mean, you have a real, like, that original 90s era hip-hop sound to it. And like we mentioned earlier, too, you're not just talking about hoes and money and whatever. You're throwing right. all of the creativity in it and painting. Like you said, you're doing these big videos, but it's because the song is not just a, a freestyle and you kicked it out and it was done. It's, you, right. you put thought into it. You saw the vision. And like you said, that's why people are noticing it. It's not just a one off. You're like, all right, there's something here. There's, we could do things with this. Right. Absolutely. That's what it's here for. Like. And at first, like, I didn't think that way. I was just trying to take out. I used to run around with all type of cameras, man, and putting them on my laptop and trying to piece some shit together. But then I realized, like, yo, you really need good content. And I didn't start understanding that until, like, I really sat and started listening to Trey. Like, Trey was one person that told me, like, yo, like, J-Work, you got to lock in, bro. You got to lock in. And you really got to change the way that you go about putting things out. Put it out, but make sure that it's a whole thing not just a bunch of songs put together with something that you put together on your phone for the art like you took some pictures off of google and then put it in an app and then put your name right. and the title on it and then spit it out like no don't do that don't do that no more you right. need to really like lock in and make actual covers and and that's when he started helping me like he literally would just help me and like either if he would make the cover himself or he would find somebody for me to make the cover or like I would just took off the knowledge that I would get from him and find somebody on my own. Like Trey's always had a hand in the betterment of my career. Like he's never hindered me at all in any way. Like he's always making sure I'm on that next path. And I want the best for him the same way he wants the best for me, man. That's just just special. That's awesome. You got like a whole crew of people that are like that, which is a a rarity these days. Um, Let's move. We kind of hit one earlier. Let's get back into the lyric test now that we got y'all warmed up and comfortable. Pull up some Spotify. 
It won't be long. That is what? Influence? No, that was off of the work files, I believe. That's a throwback joint. So what can you tell us about It Won't Be Long? Anything? The beat was given to me from my uncle, Rick Sigmund. He used to just buy... The beat buy, Yeah, he used to just buy beats. Like, just buy hella beats. And then he would either keep them, or like, if he would hear something that he heard me on, he would just give it to me like, nephew, like, I think... I think this is the one for you. And he, and he gave me It Won't Be Long. I'm like, yo, this bitch, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just wrote it. I recorded it myself. I didn't record it nowhere else. Like a lot of my early music, I recorded, mixed, engineered all myself. Like, and that was just off of the strength of going to college for a year and like learning how to actually like put shit together. And I didn't like finish or nothing, but like I still learned. And then I would bounce around from studio to studio and. I had the privilege of actually working with Dave Nakaji, who is like the super engineer from our area. Like he's got plaques on the wall working with Beyonce now. Like work with Beyonce, Chris Brown, like the list goes on and on and on and on. Like Amine, like uh, you just see who he actually works with. You Google Dave Nakaji and it'll tell you who the fuck he is. He's a special individual. And I had the privilege of learning from him and just like how to keep your sound. You know what I'm saying? To make sure your sound sounds a certain way. And if it doesn't, don't fuck with it. <laughs> like, and it's just special, man. It's truly special. Truly, truly special. So let's see how well you do. With the knee alone, look alike, wanting me the bone. She calling me the don, like my name was Corleone. Steady checking on my cheese, she want a piece of provolone. The knee alone, look alike, wanting me the bone. She calling me the don, like my name is Corleone. Steady checking on my cheese, she want a piece of provolone. 100% all the way through. Um, the last one for the lyric test that we have, um, I like to go all over the place. Now we're in um, Otherworld. Mm. And we're going to go with the bonus track off of that, King of the Jungle. What can you tell me about that track? Um, my boy Joe Walsh made that. Um, shout out to my boy Nick Stanton for linking us two up. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he hit me up and was like, yo, bro, one of my dudes is making beats. And he's like looking for somebody to rap on him. Like, you trying to rap on some of his beats? And I was like, yeah. And he said, like, they've been talking and stuff. And he's been telling them about how kind of well, the kind of artist that I am. And he sends over this pack of beats and made a whole bunch of stuff, man. Like, and some stuff I like, some stuff it was just like not my vibe, but then some things like hit perfectly. And like, King of the Jungle was one of those songs where I was like, yo, this is. You might stump me on this one. I haven't heard this one in a very long time. So, That's like, good. See, I always try to find at least one that, like, especially being a bonus track or, you know, an older album. But let's see what we got here King of the Jungle. Okay, got so many oh that's the chorus right there Everybody savage and cutthroat this man wins all the love y'all i'ma be the king of the jungle let's go fast forward and go you get a lot of friends with Kush Bunce and Hennessy. Just real, not trying to be another, trying to be a good son, grandson, big brother, and a homie. I'm trying to show a purpose to life. Ask anyone that know me, they will say that you're right. Yeah. You make a lot of friends with Kush Bunce and Hennessy. I'm just real, not trying to be another, trying to be a good son, grandson, big brother, and a homie. I'm trying to show a purpose to life. Ask anyone that know me, they will say that you're right. There we go. I, I was looking at my wrong cutoff list because I wanted to make sure to cut it off at that. Uh, that's such a good line of you make good friends with Kushweed Kush and Hennessy. Get a lot of friends with Kush Plunts and Hennessy. And like, that's like, like, like how I said, from 55th and Huff to Vine Street and Willoughby. That's two complete different cultures right there. Right. You really think about that. Like 55th and Huff, like that's that's the, that's the trap. That's the hood. Like in. My grandma used to work and was the pastor at that church, but all that that was around it was just like so much real, raw, organic realness. Right. Like, and that's where I met a lot of my real niggas, man. Like, 
shout out to all of them, like for real, like Young Poop, Quay, like all of them, like everybody has leveled up in their own sense. Like and like my, my Meech, like I mean, there's so many people that I could shout out from Huff, like that. At first, they were looking at me like I was weird, but just because they saw me off in the tuck in my car lighting up a blunt, they were like, "Yo, what's up? Let's smoke!" And then you, like how you said, we like uh, it's a, to quote one of my homies, D Mobs. He said it on the marijuana song on off the work files. He was like, "We unite people like a dollar do," like, right. and that's real talk. Like people that smoke, if you see somebody else smoking, like, "Yo, what's good?" Like you know what I'm saying? Like the conversation starts and the shit goes. Like. Right. Yeah, man, like, real talk. Make a lot of friends with Kush Blunts and Hennessy. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of enemies, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you uh, also, on this, terp- I, I can't talk anymore. On the topic of keeping it moving, you have a quote um, in the magazine article that I pulled up on you that says, uh, if your social media isn't moving, you're not moving. Going into 2020, as somebody that really thinks about how to promote their craft, what is something that other musicians should be thinking about doing for 2020 to market themselves on social media or otherwise? Um, this is a gem. So anybody tuning into this, gem. you're about to get a gem right now. Um, this is something that I learned. It's called the 33% rule. And it's you put 33% of your hobbies, 33% of what you're doing, like say your music or whatever, mm. and 33% personal life. Like, like you know what I'm saying? And like that 33% rule is going to have people seeing all of you, every single last bit of you to the point where it's not going to seem dried out. Like you're not all posting just all of one thing. Right. That keeps your social media like flowing. And then, of course, you can use your archive button, delete older shit as you go. Like especially like I like to when I begin to release a new project and a lot of other my artist friends, they do the same. Um, clear out your entire Instagram. Right before you drop up, right before you drop a project that lets all your followers know something's coming. Mm-hmm. Something's coming. Like, why is this stuff blank? Something's about to happen. And then you can start fresh. Boom. And then once you get back going, you can unarchive some things and like gotcha. bring some memories up. But like, I've really learned a lot from Trey, um, my dude, Billy, like he shout out to my dude, Billy, man. He's out here working with Owen River. Like they're out here smashing shit. Like Owen River is doing millions of songs, right? Like not songs, but like yeah, he is making hella songs, but his streams are through the roof right now proud of bro shout out owen river absolutely and uh why don't you have a website it seems like something that's lacking out of yours or is it just buried and i can't find it when i search jwork i have a website but i gotta pay for my website gotcha. <laughs> and that was that you right like definitely i love the fact that you told me that because that's something that needs to happen something that needs to be refurbished and redone like I'm working on it. Trust and believe. Absolutely. Um, but That's, it was jworkmusic.com, I believe it was. But I believe if you type in that link, it takes you straight to my SoundCloud now. Gotcha. <laughs> like, gotcha. So, like, my website's just null and void. I got to remake it and pay for it. That's a uh, nice little way to, nice little plug over here. ColinCalp.com now has, uh, we're now selling domains, hosting. Oh, yeah. I'm about to everything. fuck with you then. I'm fuck um, with you. Also, if you follow the podcast, Contact me directly if you guys need any of that stuff so I can get you a special code and save you a little bit more money because nobody needs to pay more unless I don't know you. Then you should absolutely pay more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, so let's kind of wind it down here. We've talked a lot about music. We talked a lot about um, the process of everything. Um, what else is new to come? I know you said that you want to remaster and redo the thing with Mike Miles. What in 2020 should we, we be on the lookout for J-Work? A lot. Just know a lot is on the way. Whole new project. I might bless and just do a whole, like, I don't care, like, who listens to it. Like, I, I know attention spans are short and people are like, oh, bro, just limit your songs and just be careful and save. Like, nah, bro, when I drop projects, I like to drop 15 to 17 song projects, man. That's how I always was. And now that I'm at the point and I got the resources and the people to keep creating at this exponential rate, like, I think that this next project is really going to be, like, something that I bless, like, something for real, like, and I'm down to one or two names, and I'm, I'm really, like, trying to figure out which one, because both of them hit hard, and, like, all the songs flow in both, with both messages, like, and it's just something real tricky that I'm trying to figure out, but we got the Mike Miles Project, we got music with 42 on the way, we got music 
me on the way we got new visuals on the way like i'm trying to make movies out here and really like give us good supply for people because i felt like 2019 i gave you guys other world i gave you guys info actually was it was other world in 2019 or 2018 uh the official i think is 18. yeah i think it was one album a year and i'm trying to do more than that definitely you're gonna guys 2020 you're gonna get multiple albums um might fuck around and drop two albums with 20 songs a piece on them bitches for 2020. That might be raw. I like that idea. Um, but, yeah, a lot of music, man. Just know I got a lot in my back pocket right now. I pretty much got a whole album in my pocket right now. But, like, I just want to make sure it's created correctly, it sounds correctly, and it's done the right way. Absolutely. Um, and of 2020, um, what is one goal that I could hit you on 2021 that you're going to have accomplished? Um... Hmm. Do you have That's any, a good question. Do you have any set milestones or something that you're for sure going to accomplish next year? Mm, just keep improving. Like, honestly, like that. that's just I, I, I learned that from just like my coaches and stuff growing up, man. Like you can't like, yeah, you can set a goal. That's very good. But like if, I always take it day by day, man, just take it day by day. And if I'm not, I always want to be better the next day than I was before. The day previous, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying. So just keep improving. That's that's a definite. Um, one thing that you can hit me up in 2021 about is did you get on some big stages? Because that's what I'm what I'm planning to do. I'm trying to get on some big stages and shock some people. Like yo, like how the fuck did he do that? I know people and right. people are. My name's coming up in certain conversations that it's, it's going to be dope, man. Just trust and believe that work is working. Always, always working. And, Absolutely. Um, follow your dreams and do what the hell you want to do in life, man, because it's short and you got to make sure that you inspire. Like, that's what I do. I'm trying to inspire the next person that's like me and relate. My name is Jay Work, man. You can find all my stuff on all platforms, whether it's Otherworld, Influence, The Work Files. Got some secret old songs on you can go find. You got to find those, though. I'm not going to flag y'all on those. But yeah, man, just chase your dreams because like, this life is short and you never know when it's going to end. Always follow and always just do what you got to do in life, man. Like, for real. It's your boy J-Work signing off. Collins Conversations. Yeah. As always, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors. I want to thank my guest. And I'd also like to ask you guys to go ahead and wherever you're listening to this at, maybe subscribe. Definitely leave a review. Even if you thought it was shit, let everybody know. If you thought it was great, let everybody know. And I look forward to the next episode. And I hope you do too. Talk to you then.